I'm Kat Richardson. I'm also K.R. Richardson. I write strange books that meld mystery with science fiction and or fantasy and then go off in weird directions, and I hope you'll enjoy them. This is a continuing episode of a series about Kat Richardson's Blood Orbit. The other thing that's really kind of interesting in my life right now is that I'm doing a lot more editing. I, I started freelance editing after, because I started out in the business as an editor, and then I stopped editing, and now I'm back in it. But what's cool about editing is that you get to work with both new writers and established writers who are trying to improve their craft and trying to tell a new story. And it's really cool and exciting, and I really suggest that anyone who's trying to improve their writing make uh, a point of reading things that they're uncomfortable with, because I now get to see lots of stuff that I wouldn't have written. I wouldn't have even considered it. But I get to see what other people are doing. It exposes me to new ideas. And because they don't have my background, we're able to talk uh, about other ways of approaching their ideas. And I get ideas from them, too. So it's it's a really exciting thing for me to be working with writers who are working to improve their craft, because it also helps me improve mine. And we get to talk about things that are new to both of us, you know, things that are new to me from their exposure as a new writer and in some cases, working especially with science fiction writers, people who are more sciencey than I am or who are interested in different sciences, and they'll throw something at me, and that makes me go, oh, wow, that's cool. I should look into that in ways that I, I wouldn't have considered if it was just, you know, this massive pile of news online that you're trying to dig through every day. Mm. How much news can I swim through in a day? <laughs> uh, not enough is the answer. Oh, my goodness. No, it's a never-ending deluge. It's quite amazing, isn't it, the, the world we live in now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Used, used to read magazines for new science ideas, but that, that was like once a month. Yeah. It's not even close to fast enough now. I cannot keep up. I get a science update from, you know, one of three online publications every day, at least one, sometimes two or three from various groups saying, hey, this thing is happening. And sometimes it's the same thing, but a lot of times it's different things. You know, one journal reports one thing and another journal reports on something totally different. And you think, and this is all happening at the same time. Uh, when when I was a kid, you got Popular Science Magazine and Scientific American once a month. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, well, look at this breakthrough. And maybe, you know, it, it might take... Uh... I mean, it was like you could go through several issues before you had a really big boom uh, situation. Yeah. But now it's it's crazy. I'm just trying to keep up on the AI uh, changes. And, and there's like oh. people who dedicate YouTube channels just to do that practically every week. And they have like a bunch of new updates. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah. That is such a huge discussion right now. 
and uh, and it's a big discussion for writers and and artists, of course, with all the Chat GPT mid journey, et cetera, et cetera stuff. I'm oversaturated with it to the degree that I almost don't want to discuss it with anyone because it's oh. such a the implication is so huge. But then again, the implication of Amazon self-publishing was huge, and we've all kind of been able to stretch our brains around that. <laughs> now, now we we deal with the good and the bad of what Amazon did 20 years ago when they said, hey, would you like to just dive on and put your book out there? And it's just a normal part of, of the writing culture now is that that exists. And 20 years ago, we were all like, wow. <laughs> this is amazing and horrible. <laughs> right, 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 right. And that was, that was, and the disruption started there too. Yeah. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Well, right now, the best place is to find me is catrichardson.com. You know, K-A-T-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N.com. That's my website. I'm also on Facebook as Cat Richardson. <laughs> and Shocking. there's a KR... There's a K.R. Richardson page. It's a little bit stagnant at the moment because the one thing that I don't talk about too much is that there's an issue with the publisher. Oh. And that's, you know, publisher issues. The publisher got acquired during the publication cycle for the first book, and I've been trying to get my rights back on that book because I'm not very happy with the way they have marketed and and developed the book. And they're not interested in publishing book two, so I'm going to go ahead with it by myself. So there's a lot of friction there, but right right now they they have the license for Blood Orbit, which was originally called Scattered Objects. Oh. If I can pull it back, one of the other things that we will be doing, me and my agent and a whole bunch of other people, because I can't do this all myself, is a revised and updated edition of the first book. But that'll happen when I get rights back, and who knows if that'll happen at all. So that's, you know, if you go looking for K.R. Richardson, you'll find me, but there's not much going on there because I have to wait until legal things get resolved, you know. For the first one. And then I don't know the precedence here. What is the, can you publish a, a follow on a different publishing venue? Is uh, yeah. That, okay. The contract had a, what's called first refusal clause where the publisher has the right to look at it before anybody else. And if they say no, then they have had their first refusal and they're now quits and it's, I can now do whatever I want with it. So, you know, that's where I'm going is they said, no, the first book didn't sell very well. We're not interested in book two. So I'm trying to go ahead without them, but we would like, my agent and I would like to resolve the rights management issue that kind of hangs off of a contract that isn't being very well serviced. And it's just, you know, writer politics, it's, it's not interesting or fun. It's just a complication that yeah. means that the book is is kind of in limbo. This is a common, I mean, when I look over at my bookshelf, there's, that happens. <laughs> there's a number of uh, series that end up showing up under another uh, publisher and yeah. uh, the, the style of the covers get changed a little bit and those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that I hate the cover on Blood Orbit. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I looked at it earlier. I, by the way, I love the website too. Be- oh, thank you. That, that was designed by my friend Ken George. Ah, uh, don't, I know. Yeah, he, he does fun things for me every once in a while. We haven't updated it once again because 
we don't know what what's going to go on with that. I mean, I like the cover. Maybe you have in your vision of even better cover, but it looks great. On the, <laughs> uh, um, I, the thing that kind of drives me crazy about it is that Dehlal is entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> does not look like that at all oh, in in my head right. I'm like no <laughs> so it always drives me crazy to see uh, such a wild misrepresentation of the character he's uh, very nattily dressed and in real life he's just such a schlub <laughs> his suit doesn't fit his suit never fits uh, it's like an ongoing joke in the in the book that he always looks like his suit is two sizes too big for him and because he's a short guy he's uh, he's only about 56 uh, whereas his partner Matheson is six foot tall, so there's this huge difference in height. Matheson is very good looking. Delal is positively ugly. <laughs> so every time I look at the cover, my brain just goes, "This is not right. This is not right." But that's the author dealing with marketing, uh, which is its own thing, and some of us aren't actually any good at it, <laughs> including me. <laughs> You just live with what they give you and say, fine, thank you. Actually, the artist is a really nice guy and did good work. I just have never particularly enjoyed the cover, and I don't like that shade of green either. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Oh, so petty. Sounds like you didn't get to make adjustments in the process that you kind of were given a cover. Yeah. No, since they were in the process of being acquired, things Uh. were done in a great big rush. And so normally there would have been... Uh, a draft conversation and it didn't happen. Mm. So that was really the result of, of publication chain issues. So it happens a lot and it happens a lot right now because of the consolidation of publishing. So, Oh, well, <laughs> publishing woes. Oh, well, mm. trying to see who is the publisher. I can't tell. It's with uh, Pyre. Oh, okay. They used to be with Prometheus, a subdivision of Prometheus, and then Prometheus sold them and 7th Street Books, which is their mystery arm, to Start Media. So they're now a subdivision of Start Media, but it's Pyre, P-Y-R. Right on. Yeah, still out there, still going. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you with the headphones on who are listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts. You've been listening to the show for a while. You must be enjoying it because you keep coming back. Well, hey, help me out. Tell your friends, your family, other people who would like to listen to Sci-Fi Thoughts. Give me a hand. Help me grow the show. So go ahead and right now, just send a text message, write an email, Turn around and talk to the person next to you and tell them about sci-fi thoughts. They can find us via Google or they could type in sci-fi thoughts dot space. We have show notes and we have goodies in the show notes, like links back to K.R. Richardson's books, some interviews she's done on YouTube and other things about noir. Where are the show notes? The show notes show up in your podcast player right there for easy tapping in the palm of your hand or into your laptop. If you don't use a podcast player, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3 and you will see the show notes there. This is a continuing episode of a series with Kat Richardson. The series started at episode 253. So if you missed that episode, go to sci-fi thoughts.space.com 
and use the search engine there to look up episode 253. Next episode, more Cat Richardson. Oh, it's crazy. I, I pick up some of these books from the 1950s and they're just awesome. So, I mean, they can be bad too, but, but I, I picked up like a... He was the original Hugo Award winner, and uh, I, I'm totally spacing the guy's name right now. And uh, oh, I should know, and I don't. Bester, Alfred Bester. So oh Alfred, God, yeah, yeah. And and I didn't read the the one that won the Hugo Award, but he I read the like his second or third book, which was he only wrote like three books, and uh, his second book. Um, the star is my destination. Thank you. You got it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And then the demolished man. I haven't read the other uh, yeah. Oh, it's weird. He's I'm a. To, I can't remember the third one. I was <laughs> so. Awful? I had so much fun reading, the uh, the stars my destination. It was like he had so many interesting weird ideas, and he kept like you know he kept he up did. the rate throughout the whole novel. There would always be this new reveal yeah. of something going on in society. He just did that so well. Where uh, they grow, um, and this was in the fifties. They grow artificial meat in vats. Mm. Um, because this way you don't have animal cruelty, but you can still have chicken. So (laughs) (laughs) there is this thing called Chicken Little, and it's just this ever-growing giant chicken breast. (laughs) What? (laughs) In a vat. And the the political resistance has their meeting spot. They're all in the prison, which is where they grow Chicken Little. And (laughs) their meeting spot is under Chicken Little. 